Cielo, luna, mensa, mara, mamma mia, mamma redare. Welcome to Hollywood Godfather, part two, with our good friend A.J. Benza, who had, maybe he'd do three, four, five episodes, who knows, this guy's got more to talk, more to talk about than we do. You know, what's funny though, when you first came out, uh, my podcast had been going for about a year or so, when I said, oh God, I want to be on that show, I want to talk to those guys so bad, and you know, the earth spins, the sun rises and sets, and eventually it happens. You are. So, I'm so glad. I'm no, we're so thankful you, that you, you are. Because... Thank what, you. What's the name of your podcast? Let's give it a little push. Here. My podcast is called Fame is a Bitch. It's uh, it's every day. I, I It's on Patreon every day, but there's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is free. So you can find it on Apple iTunes, any place else you can find it. Uh, the Patreon, I go a little more personal. I, I kind of say things maybe that... Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't say things to everybody all the time. I save the good stuff, the really premium stuff for Patreon. Uh, more, personal, you by, more personal. Uh, are you on by yourself or do you have a co-host? Just me, man. Yeah. And I've, I, I, you know, I've tried people. I've had people on the show with me. I've had phone balls. I, I'm very, I'm an angry guy. I, I get very upset about shit. Or I also get very emotional and I talk about in life. And I think my, my, my listeners have just grown to like that. They just... Well, well, that makes they for tend, good radio, man. Yeah, they tend to, you know, you know Michael Savage, the, the political guy. On, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I know the name, yeah. I heard Michael Savage on 9-11. I was driving to New York when the towers came down. I got in my car, my buddy, we were to New York from L.A. And I never heard of Michael Savage. Listened to him for four straight days. I've been a fan ever since. And I remember that day thinking, oh, God, you know, I'm not in radio. I've done radio. I'd love to have a show where I could talk to people, but... You know, and say these sorts of things I want to say. And like I said, you know, you want something bad enough and things happen. And here we are. Uh, it's not a radio show, but in a lot of ways, the podcast is better. It's more personal. You can say a lot more. And, get and not only that, you can tune in when you want. That's the other thing. You, you exactly. don't have to have the schedule. Yeah. And I, I think that, uh, you know, radio, you got commercials you got to worry about and people. And, oh, yeah. Of course, we have sponsors, but there's something more. Look. You know, you, you get through. You get to people through the ears more than anything else. The, the ear is such a place to worm in on people and stick with them. Right, right. So uh, that's what you guys do. That's what the great people on podcasts do. You, you can't, you can't get rid of it. I used to put you on at night. You know, uh, my wife and I separated. Now we're back. But when I separated, I was living in this little little place in Encino and missed my kids. The only saving grace, I swear, was I let three or four shows go. Then I'd play them all at once, and I'd be like, oh, my God, how great. I would float back into the old days and the old stories, and you guys had a big hand in keeping me motivated and keeping me, uh, not to say save me, but certainly it made a big difference to me. Big, well, thank big you for thank you. That's, great. Yeah, that's, that's a big compliment. Thank you so yeah. much, man. See it the mind, AJ. I, yeah, isn't it right? And I kept yeah. trying to see. Because Megan laughs like an ex-girlfriend of mine. It's so amazing. Oh, she has the same laugh. No, well, that's a good thing, Megan. It's wonderful. There it is. My ex-girlfriend, Christine. <laughs> oh, Sounds just goodness. like that. Uh, she's dark, dark hair. But um, I was struck. I was, initially, I got struck by how Johnny pulled you into the show. I know Pat. I know what he's got going and how he can contribute, obviously. But I was struck, I, I was struck by, Pat, uh, by Johnny pulling you in. Mm -hmm. And then the more you listen, you get it. And you understand what you're there for, and it's all—it's a concert. It's jazz, man. It works tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank it you. Sure. Now, well, what are you doing next? Are you gonna start? Are you gonna start playing Madison Square Garden, Johnny? What's next for you? My God. Well, I made a big deal with the Mohegan Sun Eight Casinos because of oh, Tom wow. Cantone, and then uh, I did the one show. I did the first show at, at Falls View on March seventh. Had fifteen hundred mm. people come. That's and fortunately, great. the president of the Mohegan Sun was there with his wife, ringside, <laughs> and he never saw it. He said, I've had 3,800 acts here. He's wow. Never, he's never seen a two-and-a-half-minute standing ovation. That's phenomenal. They wouldn't let me leave. Have you got, and I know you're not coming out to L.A. So oh, I yeah, I am. I'm are. coming. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be at, I'll be at uh, Pela, the Pela Casino. I don't know where that is, but I'll find That's you. That's it. I'll find, in, uh, I'll find you. Riverside, just That's on the border of San Diego. I know where it is. Okay. When's, when's that? It's a billion-dollar joint. I was supposed to be there in April, but because yeah. everything you're saying, everything's right. postponed. 
I was supposed right, to be so at resorts. Happens, be there. Oh, yeah, well, definitely. No, no. no. But that, Johnny, don't you think, you know, there's not many guys like you left where, you know, yes, you're qualified to be an actor. You've done a ton of films and you're good at what you do. You can sing, blah, blah, blah. But the, 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 um, the men who are left that can tell a story and captivate people and scare them, make them laugh, make them cry. I, I don't know what, like, I don't know anybody but you guys that are doing this. I like to think I am to an extent, but yours goes much deeper. Obviously, if you're going back to Marilyn Monroe and selling pencils in the street with, 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 the, with the big boss, do you find people still kind of look at you and maybe have a little fear in their eye a little bit or that mystique, that mafia mystique? Well, see, the, the, the mafia mystique, I learned it early on. Because when I started hanging out with Costello, I didn't even know who he was. Right. But then I saw the certain people that would come to the Waldorf to meet him, like Joe Kennedy, senators, wow. anybody would come. And after that Appalachian fiasco, oh yeah, then they just used the Waldorf. We used the Waldorf. Ironically, we used Beverly Wilshire Hotel. Yeah. And and the Palmer House in Chicago. That was it. They were the three locations. Yeah. But do people nowadays, when you go, like when you're at the Mohegan Sun, you met the boss of the place, do you, you're a major entertainer, but do you still feel like people look at you and feel a little bit like, this guy's a tough guy. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I even get comments like that when I do my yeah. show. Right. And, and, and I'm, I, I throw it in the act now. Because I said something funny. I said, what's the matter? You, you want to laugh at that? They go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I mean. You know, my father had a guy. We, there was an old guy that came to our house in the 70s now. I don't know if you know this guy. He was one of the bodyguards for one of the Anastasia brothers, not one of the other ones. Who told me? His, his name was Freddie Mozzarella. And I, I, I can't tell you what family, nothing. I don't know. I know. Many years ago. I don't, Did you know the name? I know Freddie Mozzarella. No, you know I know. I know him from uh, later Montcalm Church of Brooklyn. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. I can't believe you're saying that. Freddie <laughs> and my, we, my father had balls like you, but no mafia affiliation. But he just thought he could do it. We went to a wedding one day, and this big mafioso guy is telling stories. And my father's watching, and he's making everybody laugh nervously. My father grabs me by the hand. I'm like nine years old, ten years old. And he says to the guy, why don't you shut the fuck up? And the guy says, you know who I am? My father goes, yeah, I know. You met years ago. You're full of shit. Blah, blah. And Freddie <laughs> excuses everybody. says, hey, let me go talk to my friend, everybody. Hey, he grabs my father, and he says to him quietly, where the fuck do I know you? He says, you don't know me. I'm breaking your balls. He was friends with us 20 years. He came over every Sunday. Oh, my God. The, the dinners, the food, the restaurants. I'm nine years old hearing about he broke guy's teeth on the curb. He was hitting them with combination locks. That was the way I was brought up. That's I a good story. That's a good story to tell. Isn't that know? nice? Yeah, yeah, no. If I tell <laughs> my wife heard this, she said, don't. My son's named Rocco. But I can't talk to Rocco about stories like that. She gets mad at me. But um, that's why. My, I know your audience is a particular type of person, but you know, for a guy like me growing up and being around these stories, not only my father chasing mafia, the reason why he had to step down, I'll give you a name real quick, because I've always wanted to tell you the story. My father was chasing a guy named Solly Gelb. He was selling heroin for Waxy Gordon. He was what? the heir apparent to Waxy Gordon. Wow. And my father busted him in 58. Biggest bust in New York. It was two million bucks, but back then it was undercover my father got to like him uh he, he he gave my father a puppy a little pomeranian that we kept and because of that the the, the feds the, the people at the bureau always dogged my father for accepting a gift from this guy and then when uh, when they run license plate checks my mother-in-law my mother's mother was cooking for the mafia and feeding them and giving them homemade wine my father and mother were living at her house at the time, so they'd always run license plate checks and see that why is Al Benz's car always in front of this place in Bensonhurst? So it got to be a problem. He had to walk away. But he loved being that guy so much. And there's a lot of acting involved, as I don't have to tell you, to be oh, an undercover yeah, cop. It's a lot of drama, a lot of fun, a lot of balls. So between that, um, I think that's where I get my journalism aspect, and I think that's where I get my attitude. 
So stories like this, I will, I, I can't get enough of that stuff. Can't. They're, they're the best. Well, you wrote, you know, there was a, you, you had this thing when you wrote your column that you made New York City a character. Yeah. Uh, because you know why, Pat? I felt like in the mid to late 90s, it was the end of a century. It was the end of an era. And I always said that to be me, I had a set of keys to that city. And, you know, you guys know when you're running around, whether you're mafioso or uh, even a big-time journalist like me, I would scare the mayor if I called him. I, there was a time there where if I called you, people shit in their pants. Yeah. So with all that power, any restaurant, any club, any premiere, any party, any girl, it goes to your head. So I made New York a character. I made the, 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 the mobsters around me a character, the, the, the degenerates, the gamblers. Because I grew up on Pete Hamill and Jimmy Breslin. Uh, I, I, I was going to bring you know. up Pete Hamill next. He was my There's a similarity in the writing. Well, well, I'll tell you, it's a bittersweet story. Pete was my, 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 my idol growing up. I read his stuff in the Daily News when I was a kid. I'd run to the driveway and grab his short story. He's great, man. The phenomenal. And I'm at the Daily News, and suddenly Pete Hamill is going to become the new editor in chief because the young guy Martin Dunn was let go. He was great, but now Pete comes in. Now under Martin Dunn, an English guy, I became. You use the word legend, so I'll say what you said. I was like New York legendary kind of shit. Hamill comes in and says, I don't like gossip. I don't like talking about movie stars. Pete's not drinking anymore. He's not womanizing. He's not fist fighting. Those are three things I did every night. So <laughs> We all have and, our hobbies. Right. Well, it was good for a while. <laughs> and it ended. And Pete said to me, look, you know, I don't like gossip. I'm not into Hollywood. Meanwhile, this is a guy that was banging Shirley MacLaine and Jackie O. And he, was, he had a ball, Pete. Right. But for me, he was like over it. So he said, I could pay, I could buy, I could get five reporters and pay them what you're making. And I, I resigned. And that's when Hollywood called and I got my show Mysteries and Scandals and my life was set up out here. But I tell you right now, I would die if the newspapers were like they were back in the day. Oh my God. Nothing would make me happier than to work in a paper again. Well, I think he got the last laugh because have you seen the Daily News lately? Disgusting. It's horrible. It's terrible, man. Horrible. I, mean, it, it, I know. It, it hurts to read it. I know. And Pete and I are friends. He, he, yeah. You know what he did to me? After, after well, look, I resigned, but he was going to fire me. So that's the real story. He gave yeah. me the option. But then I had bitterness. I wrote my book. I, I, I talked about him in the book about, you know, the Irish don't like the Italians. I went ape shit. <laughs> but I did. I said, you know, my, I was like, I don't give a shit. And then all of a sudden, a book comes in the mail at my house, and it's a book that Pete wrote called Why Sinatra Matters. I read that. It was great. How great. And he writes, Absolutely. and I opened the front, a phenomenal book. It's a short book you can read it in one sitting. But he wrote to me, to A.J. Benza, who understands that it's not, uh, something to the effect that, who understands it's what happens when a champion gets knocked, gets backed up after he's knocked down. There you go. And I, you know what? It made all the difference in the world to me as a man, as a as a writer, as everything to say, well, Pete knows what he did. He had to do. But, you know, he's telling me, keep my chin up. You're going to get back in the game. But newspapers are done. They're dead. They're done. I saw him interviewed about six months ago. He doesn't yeah. look doesn't look too well. Uh, time's tight. Him and Bre oh, Breslin's gone. But, but Pete, yeah. uh, he's in the wheelchair. They wheel him around. He's still got a, a great mind. But yeah. um, the guy... I don't know many writers like him. I find him fascinating for you know all day long. He's done everything that I've ever wanted to do. But, phenomenal writer. Yeah, well, phenomenal, but it's a phenomenal storyteller. Phenomenal story. That's the best. And you know something? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a kid. I'm working at Long Island Newsday doing sports, collecting high school and college sports out of college. You know, just trying to learn journalism. And Jimmy Breslin would call just to get the racing results, to tell us a story, you know, to, to 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 forward his story over the phone lines. And one day I picked up and I said, I got to ask him a question. Now, you weren't supposed to do that. But I said, Mr. Breslin, you got any uh, you got any tips for a young journalist where he wants to do what you do? And he said to me, take the stairs. Everybody talks on the stairs. Nobody talks on elevators. You're going to find out who the killer is on the stairs, not the other. And then he hung up. That's I a good title for a book. Take That's, the yeah, stairs. Right? Take the stairs, stairs, That's so, so true, though. Yeah, no, I got lines like that. Another line from John Gotti that is in my book 
when this whole thing was happening and my gambler wasn't paying him and he was really pissed off and he called that Thanksgiving morning, he said to me, listen to me. And he said all the typical shit. I didn't get to be John Gotti because of guys like, you know, that shit. But then he said to me, in a business with no ethics, we got to have ethics. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I get you right, John. In a business that, yeah, okay, that's true. You know. Words to live um, by. Isn't it true? Well, you know, it's so it's funny. We used to meet. And uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving, for years, we mm. used to meet. And I, I used to fly in from anywhere because one of my closest friends is Joe Watts. And hey, me too. I know. Please, I know, Joe and Rouge, you know, sure. I'm sure. I'm saying, but Joe Watts, for yeah. not being in, in with the, you know, a made guy, could never be, whatever. Right, German, yeah. He's respected by everybody. Everybody. I don't care what family. And you we know, would go. He yeah. said, because I said, you know, I, I knew John didn't like me because if it ain't about John in the room. Yeah, you're right. He gets yeah. crazy. And I right. don't, and, right. and, and, he, and he's not a nice guy when he gets drunk. No. So no. the thing is, I said, I don't want to go no more. He said, let me just tell you something. You're going to come because I want you there. Oh, <laughs> so now how do I not go? <laughs> I know. You know, you mentioned Joe, right? And I mentioned, I think of the corona, coronavirus. I remember leaving New York City, 108th Street, Corona Queens, stopping to go to Tough Tony's Tough Tony's. The Bocce Court. Right, yeah. So Tough Tony and Joe would walk into Rouge. Every night. Every night. <laughs> But I write my book now. My girlfriend Rebecca was a beautiful bartender. There were four bartenders, knockouts. Uh, Ali, Ali's, Ali Boy Salerno, all these guys were there with their wives. And when Joe and Tough Tony walked in, it meant that every security guard, every bartender, their rent was paid for the next month. One night, they walk in and they'd have a gas station, not of money like this. And they'd grab my friend Chico and say, How many security guards you got, Chico? We got four guys. How many this? Four girls. And they just rip off money and go, here's, a, here's, 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 here's three grand. Pass it around. And I'm telling you, everybody knew we're going to pay. We're okay. Because Joe and Tony came in. And this is what these guys would do. You know, these guys are powerful killers, whatever you want to call it. Black down front. So they're getting their Practical jokes. Are you kidding? Oh, no. Yeah, listen. I know. As couples are dancing, like couples who don't know they're in a mob joint, they're dancing nice and slow. <laughs> and Joe and Tony, they got scissors and they cut the guy's suit. They cut the lady's hair from the back. Oh yeah, these are these are killers. And you know, no, the one guy, I, 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 you would probably be there that night. The, the one guy had a ponytail. He was a doctor. Yeah, they did. A doctor. <laughs> they cut doctor. his ponytail up while he was dancing. Yes, I remember that. And then, I remember and then, one time. And then with the scissors, they sent out for the scissors. <laughs> they shred this guy's fucking Brioni suit. I know. Shred it. Brioni. Oh, exactly. my gosh. And there was one night where I'm at the bar. We're having a good time. And my, my girlfriend says to the guys, I'm sorry. My girlfriend says, Allie. Um, and Allie Salerno was tough Tony's nephew, right? right? Allie's a legitimate guy, but whatever, whatever. His name's on the club, all that kind of shit. She says, Allie, this credit card is coming back declined. It's stolen. What do we do? And it's like six guys drinking champagne. And Ali says, keep, <laughs> let them keep drinking. Let them keep drinking. And they're drinking. Now it's 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. And Ali comes by. Guys, you want some more champagne? What can I do for you? Oh, that'd be great. You know? No, no, no. Cards declined. He says, guys, I want you to come downstairs. I want to show you a room downstairs. I, got I want to show you my liquor downstairs. And they all go downstairs. Four guys whose, whose card got declined for the shit. And I'll come two of Alley Boy's guys and say, he wants you and Chico downstairs to watch this. And then there's baseball bats, there's phone books, and Alley's telling these guys, you come to my club, you want to rip us off without a fucking credit card that don't work. And one guy got beat up with the phone book and the baseball bat. You're going to go, you're going to get $3,000 to pay the bill. You're going to get another thousand to, to bother my bartender. These guys were pissing themselves. I'll never forget the lesson you want to rob our joint? Okay. Okay. And the best, you'll love this. Tough Tony, a year before that, he couldn't get into a club by a young yuppie. He had a nice nice club. I forget the name of it. Right now, but a very nice club. Oba. 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 You know, Oba. Italian I was there with him. He couldn't get in. Okay. <laughs> we were together that night. There we go. Okay. 
Do you have you told that story? It's phenomenal. No, I I I, okay. I love Tony. You can tell it. I'll tell it quick. Right. So old bar is opening. It's fantastic. It's yuppie. It's you know. It's this is the main thing. The guys with money, and it, the, the couple of mafiosa can't get in because they don't want that type. You know. And they said and, it to uh, him face through his face. Yeah. Right. He said, "What what, so, what type am I? Tell me the type." And and, <laughs> and, and he's very you know he's very funny. He's not mad. Oh, yeah. You don't raise his voice. No, no. What type? What type? Tell me right. what kind of type I am. <laughs> and the guy's now thinks he's got him. You this know, guy forget he'll think you had all right. This poor bouncer doesn't know what the fuck to say. So they leave, <laughs> and then all over town they put up flyers. Go to Old Bar, Italian Men's Night, and they put up the <laughs> night and the time. And I'm telling you, I don't know how many hundreds of Italian guys showed up at Old Bar. And the the the, the, the famous story was they busted it up. Yeah. Right, they they took care of it, and that never happened again. Obviously, right. No, it's, oh my God. I mean, that's why when you mentioned earlier that how many stories we didn't even open those pages of those stories. Yeah, oh, no, God. those are ridiculous, no. right? Crazy. Those are, nice. You can go on for. I know, I know, I know. I think I have some, but then I think of you, man. You've been around it constantly for oh, literally your whole life. So yeah. Um, you're in, I, I don't know what's going to happen. You can't die for a long time. Pat, I know you got the stories. You're writing them down. But Johnny's like a vault. You know, Geraldo went to Al Capone's vault. It was empty. Johnny Russo's vault is full, man. You can't fuck You can't. We got to stay in this guy's vault. It's got to be opened up forever. We, okay. we got a lot of books to go yet. I'm, I'm taking volumes. AJ, I'm, I'm taking I'm stem so cells. What do you got? I'm taking stem cells. My doctor, Dr. Tawari. Yeah. Yeah, My doctor Tawari, he operated on me about 10 years ago in a major situation, and he realized the left side of my body was deformed. He didn't know about my polio. Oh, your polio, right, right. So now he's the head today, right now, of Mount Sinai Urology. And he said, we're going to start an experiment. Would you volunteer? I said, of course. <laughs> oh, my God. They're actually rebuilding the left side of my body. Really? With, with stem cells. Stem cells. Listen, I'm getting a like, haircut every two two weeks. My <laughs> hair is gone. <laughs> That's but, why I said, I said, listen, there's a six million dollar man, John, you know, like Lee Majors ain't got shit on on Russo. <laughs> it's gonna be the six hundred million dollar man. You gotta stay healthy. We gotta keep you going. I'm, I'm over here taking notes. I'm, yeah, do, I'm doing five. <laughs> I'm doing five miles every other day on on Fifth <laughs> Avenue. There's no social distance. There's nobody on the avenue. Forget it. I know. I, there's a guy out here that helped, made a six foot stick, and he was poking people. Uh, you know, the, he, he had it to poke people if they got too close. He's very paranoid. But the, <laughs> the millennials don't like the poking. The little pricks who think that nothing's gonna happen to them. He poked a few of them. That's you funny. Know, it's crazy. Listen, all kidding aside, I can't imagine New York. I was there for 9/11. I, I didn't think I'd ever see a situation like that again. What have you lived through in your life, Pat, Johnny, that, that, that mirrors anything close to this? Nothing. Well, the only right. thing, see, for me, as I've been saying to different people, they've been asking me about it. And I, in fact, I had, a, a, I, I had somebody, well, Dr. Tawari did me a major favor. A girl's mother was in the Bronx Hospital, and mm. being that she was 86, they didn't want to give her the medicine. They didn't want to waste it on her. Waste that, God. Because yeah. they only yeah. have they only have so many pills. So that's he, what's scary. He calls the chief of staff, and the girl <laughs> called me up crying. That's but the, why I'm bringing it up when and, and August seventh, nineteen forty nine, when they wheeled me into Bellevue, and stayed here for five years. That's oh what this God. is for me again. I'm now quarantined in my house. I can get out and walk, but sure. go there and stay there for five years. No, that. That's why I tell people we're all going through shit. And I'm like, didn't you have parents and grandparents that told you stories about the depression, about coming over from the boat, getting sent back to Italy because they had something wrong in their lungs? I mean, this, even though this is bad, we got to put things in, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Perspective. Put things in perspective. It is bad and it's dangerous and it's mysterious. But parents got through, I'm not even getting into World War II and the Great Depression. They went through shit that, well, maybe we're headed there. Who the, uh, you know what I said on my show? I, I did a, I, I, I put it in terms of street fight. America and China, right? We all know 
it's a dick measuring contest. They got a little dick. We've known that for a hundred years. So now it's a contest. But no one's thinking about the third man through the door, and that's Islam. Now that we're down and hurt, we're in a street fight, and we're on our knees. What do you think? Your enemies don't come by and take a whack at you? Oh, there's an opening what's here. Gonna, what's going to happen when Fox says, okay, May 3rd, we're going to go in, we're going to drop something here, we're going to put something in the subway? I mean, when you're most vulnerable, that's when your enemies come at you, right or wrong. We don't have no. the manpower now to care about anything else but people wearing masks that's and right. not, uh, not keeping a, 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 a six-foot distance. If I that's, was the enemy, I'd be here in force. Exactly. Of course. Yeah. You know, because I read in the war, there were some armies that said, better we wound people. If you wound a soldier in a civilized country's army, they carry their wounded. And if you carry your wounded, you're even more susceptible to violence because now you're, you know, you're not thinking about fighting. You're worrying about your buddy. You can't leave him dying in the field. We have compassion. And now this Islam, who has, they have no compassion, I'm thinking about what's going to happen to my city of New York if uh, if they decide to fuck in a week or two or three. Dangerous. No. Well, you know, it's well, so when funny. all this is over, I think it's going to make, uh, it's going to make us a lot stronger. It has to. You well, know? No, yeah. no matter and, what, and the people yeah. that are bitching and, 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 and complaining about beaches being closed, you know, oh, our, our ancestors fought a, a world war. All we're asked right. to do is sit on right. a friggin' couch. Yeah, that's yeah. all. And, 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 and we, we should be able to do that for a couple of months without complaining. You know, right. My kids, I'm lucky, my kids don't complain that Rocco's 12, Roxy's 15, they don't complain. They got iPhones in their hand that they do they want in. They can escape into anywhere with an iPhone. And uh, we're in a we're in a place now. We're we're together. We're tight. It's a, it's time to look around you, your family, and and you know, not to sound too ridiculous, but you just be understand how lucky you are to have exactly. family around you. Yeah. I got family in Chicago. I don't know if I'm going to see them. What's my my brother-in-law's in the seventies. He's had cancer four times, pneumonia. One fucking phone call could be up. You know. That's right. And you you can't can't hop on a plane to go see him. So, uh, it's a it's a real quick. Yeah, I know how tight you were with Brando, and I know you didn't like him per se, you know, the way he acted here and there, but many years, well, not many, in, in 2000, I dated his daughter, Michelle. Oh, wow. The reason I bring her up, illegitimate daughter, put it that way, but she looks just like Marlon Brando. Uh, when he was younger, in the 50s. That I was going to say, he was good. when he was young, he was good looking. I don't mean here. I don't mean the older Brando, yeah. young Brando. But she was conceived because I always want to wonder who you're talking about. Brando's the, the driver. Brando, she was conceived on the on the set of the God, like during the Godfather. So my ex girlfriend was conceived. Her mother is Asian, but not. Um, oh God, I just lost the track. What she's from? She's not Japanese. She's close to that. She's very wealthy. Uh, her mother's side is very wealthy, so Brando's money almost doesn't mean shit. That's right, how exactly. But you always mention a driver or something that that Marlon had. Do you no, think no. it's that woman? No, that the, that driver was my my driver who I took oh, from from right. the Tropicanalito de Paris, and then she was all over New York, and then he finally sent her to his island. I gave her him. What's her name, Johnny? No, no, uh, her, her name then was Lee, but the girl you're talking about, yeah, the girl you're talking about, I know her, Michelle Brando. She's yeah. about no, no, I'm talking about her mother. Her, her mother. mother. I don't. I forget her name. I met her. I met her once, and I forget her name. Her mother married into an insurance company, Ma millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, and no, I know. She lives yeah. in ten five eighty Wilshire Boulevard. We used to have an apartment. That's, yeah, that's one of her places. She also yeah. lives in, in out of state as well, but yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I, I would tell Michelle. Miss, uh, uh, the mother's name is, oh, gee, I just had a name. I know. Uh, I should know it. I met such her, but I can Yeah, yeah. Um, but, in fact, she, she, I used to see her at, at uh, Spago's on Friday afternoon yeah, on right. Cannon Drive, where if you weren't somebody, you could never have a table there. Yeah, of course. And I, I was Wolfgang's first uh, landlord. Nobody knows this. <laughs> That's great. When he opened Shinwa, I owned a strip mall down mm. in Santa Monica. Right. And he was he was a chef at the Mustache Cafe. 
The Mustache Cafe. So wow. long, I know. And he and he did Chinese food and with that Asian flair. So this is the woman and when her. I first dated Michelle, I looked at her, I couldn't believe how beautiful she was. So we started dating and she didn't care about her father's movies. She never saw them. All she knew of Marlon Brando was she'd spend a few weeks in the summer out in Tahiti. Right. And I'd say, Michelle, we're all here because if you like every actor or half assed guy we're here because of Waterfront, Godfather, oh, well, yeah. Wild but And I started showing her father's films. This is about two years before he died. Maybe maybe three. And um, she started to cry a couple of times. But she said, I got to tell you, the guy I know was so fucked up. He oh, would yeah. tell me and his friends, he'd be fucked up. And he'd make me look for a zebra in the rug. Like, they were shot. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So he's not a real father for her. No. Well, that's why, you know, I, I can't get mad at my kids because, you know, first of all, my nine boys were raised by their mothers. <laughs> yeah, you're all gone. So I have, ten mothers, I have ten mothers to my kids. And at that time, <laughs> you know, well, I got to change the diaper. Forget about it. I get, I get a... <laughs> but that's, well, I guess that's, I mean, I guess that's the real deal. Not many mafiosa guys like to change diapers, sit at home, fix a bottle for their, their boy or girl. You know, it's not well, this the is why I, you know, I, la I laugh at a lot of Sinatra's kids' stories. And They're the bullshit, other one, right? And the other one, Dean and Martin. I mean, I hung yeah. out with Dean constantly. I never even knew he had a kid, Dean and Martin. <laughs> I, 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 see, I love that because that's what people don't get to understand. They all weep about their kids, but the truth of the matter is, most of the kids are messed up because they're not home enough. They weren't home when they were young. No. The kids got to look at Mike. Look at Tom Hanks as his son. That's a fuck up. Uh, what's his name? The biggest one. Michael Douglas's son is. Oh my been god! Yeah. For years. yeah. You know, I know it's just, it's it's, it's the trade-off. Well, you know, for me, I I had kids by accident. You know, I used to. Right. I had my son Anthony, I'm very close to, was conceived in an elevator. I was with his mother like three minutes. <laughs> what happened to the stairs? <laughs> No, 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 stairs, no, yeah, no. You know Take what? The at, at, you know what? At four thirty in the right, morning. What's wrong with you? No. Like, uh, well, when Michelle, I got to tell you, and, and she won't, won't get mad because she's really cool. We talk all the time. Michelle was a big producer of television. She makes a great living. Um, and at one point, we had just broken up, and I got with my wife that I was eventually going to marry, and she called me to say I'm pregnant. I said, "Oh, Michelle, my God, you know I can't." She says, "Don't worry." I'm not ready for a baby. I'm not calling you to tell you I'm having a baby. I'm just letting you know. I was okay. I went to see her. We took care of it together, the whole thing. But I got to be honest with you. There was a few days where I said, a Benza Brando baby? Whoa. Something to think I, about. I mean, let me think. It, oh it could either cause me the utmost grief for the rest of my life, <laughs> or the kid could be amazing. <laughs> I, I, we, we didn't take the chance. We yeah, I'm surprised Gianni, this this kid that was uh, conceived in an elevator. I'm surprised, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't name him Otis. He is. No, he's no. Gonna... <laughs> no I, you know, I, I, mean, I got, I, so, I so got to forget his name. You know, all these. Yeah, kids. Oh, yeah, I know. Right. No. Yeah. Had to be Italian. <laughs> his name is Anthony Vito. <laughs> Anthony <laughs> not, not Vito. Otis. Yeah. 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 He's, he's Italian uh, on his father's yeah. side. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, his mother's Italian too. Are you? So you don't come out to L.A., I know, but you're going to do this thing in Riverside. Other than that, I'm sure you can't stand it, right, Los Angeles, pretty uh, much? Well, you know it. You can't, I know. I they, can't they stand say it good morning. They say good morning to you. you got to make sure the sun's up. They lie about everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're so oh, yeah. right. You know what I used to think when I first got here? I didn't know. Like, I'm in journalism. I make a call. Someone call you back. I get an agent. I got TV shows going on. I call my agent. Uh, you know, he'll he, not my agent, but someone else would have to get back to you. Yeah. Uh, how's how's two Tuesdays from now? And I'd say, <laughs> if I had tits, he'd see me this afternoon. <laughs> two Tuesdays, and they thought I was. They were so nervous. Oh, they don't like that out there. Oh no, no. It hurt me. It hurt me because I didn't take any shit. You you oh, mentioned time, you mentioned one guy that when he first came out, his friends of friends of ours. When I mention his name, you'll know who he is. He came out. And uh, they said he's coming out from the neighborhood. I said, no, tell him to come stay with me. <laughs> really? I said, yeah, tell him to come to my house. And he stayed <laughs> at my house. Guess who it was? Who? Richie Palmer and Kathy Moriarty. There we go, Richie. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. And I love Richie for years. And, and one day, now, 
How well do you know Sly Stallone? Do you know him at all? Or I know him. No, or? I don't know him well at all, no. I can't say nothing bad about him. I did Rocky Balboa with him. He was a, he was tremendous to me, right? Tough, good, smart. I think he's tremendously creative. One day he says to me, Richie Palmer's Pizza Place. There's a TV show in there. Why don't you write up a treatment? I'll give you X amount of dollars. Well, I'll pitch it. This is about nine years ago, eight years ago. I said, all right, Sly, great. He said, let's all get rich. I said, well... You're rich. Let me work on me. So, but I, I write the article. I mean, I write the treatment. And um, he said, this is great. My agent loves it. This is great. And then about a month, two months later, Richie Palmer was goosing me up the ass going, Sly wants it. Sly wants it now. Sly, Sly wasn't telling that. So I'm, I sell it to him. And Sly is just going off to do Rambo, whatever the number was. And he says, uh, and you know what, Johnny? On the front page in a script i didn't write like i didn't know who was producing it who was gonna i didn't know how to put our names so i said written by aj benzer produced by sylvester sloan and he got mad he didn't say that but when i presented the script he said no this is not what i wanted at all it was not one word different than what i sent in two months earlier but i don't think he liked that i wrote written by aj benzer when sly told me let's write this story Right. But I'm a treatment, a pilot, 16 characters. You know. But you wrote know, it. I, I did. Only I, only I wrote it. Just just for but, our audience, who for our audience who don't have the privilege to know who Richie Palmer is, he went to Beverly Hills. Good-looking mm -hmm. guy, young guy. Yeah. Was yeah. married to Kathy Moriarty. Kathy just came out in that film that she played. Raging Bull. Raging, yeah, Bull. Raging Bull. Gorgeous. And, and got nominated. And then yeah. he opens a chain of pizza palace in California called Mulberry Street Pizza Palace. Yeah. And he's still yeah. going. And, and Jimmy's Jimmy. making a fortune, all cash. Yeah. And um, no, I love him, but he's the first one to tell you. You know, when I used to, one of my uncle's friends that I, I was running around with them while Sopranos was on TV, Dominic Montano, Donnie. Scottish Colombo guy uh, was in jail, was in prison for years. Then he had cancer. Oh, Junior. I don't know if he's Junior. Donnie Montemorano, they call him Donnie Shacks. Oh, Donnie Shacks, too. Well, Shacks, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. So I, when we wrote our book, I love Donnie Shacks. Donnie Shacks lived in my building, 10580 Worcester. That's what I used to go to that building. Yeah, that's where I went. He lived the like Florida, a movie Worcester, star. Florida. Are you kidding? That Charlie Sheen's building? Charlie Sheen's in there. Right. Rodney right. Dangerfield is in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carol in there. Burnett. I mean, this. Oh, you get on oh. the elevator, it was like the Ed Sullivan show. And That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I would, Johnny, uh, Donnie would cook. We'd cook big dinners Oh, yeah. There. Oh, we had a ball. He was going out with ball. that. He was going out that a British actress. Yeah, Liz Hurley for a yeah, minute. But Elizabeth. really, yeah, it was. But it was still, it was so people thought Liz wasn't with Steve Bing. Right. So she'd arrive at a party with Donnie. And the, the gossip it was the was beard. saying, yeah, she wasn't banging Donnie. No. She was banging Steve Bing. And right. now they got a kid. I'm not a Steve Bing fan at all. I think he's an yeah. asshole. Um, but, you know, yeah, that's got this kid. Yeah. In fact, you know, about five years ago, the FBI calls me again. They said, we found two, a Bentley and a Rolls Royce in 10580. And the building wants us to get it out of there. And I knew they were lying. They said, now uh, you, ha you have an opportunity to come and get these cars. I said, why are you calling me? They're not my cars. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that building was crazy. That building, oh. I didn't. Re I never put two and two together with your, the Wilshire address. I, 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 you know, and then he, and then Donnie got a place from Burt Young in, in in Century City, right? A nice condo, and he was set up there for a while, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I knew I knew Donnie when the, the UCLA football team they said was he was gambling on their games and right. they got in trouble. And I'm watching Sopranos with him one night, and the guys on Sopranos were moving shit out of out of Jimmy Gandolfini's house, and Donnie's like mouthing to me like I'm you know the deaf signs that we got to move boxes out of the garage and put them in the car. Oh, these stories, I know. Yeah. I, I, I that's why I love hearing your shit because I can almost imagine every single one of them. I've been I've been in. A, in some situations that that are very similar to yours, of course not as much, but close, close. What's uh, AJ? What's the working title of your book? 
You know what, point. guys? That's the one thing. I don't know what you're like as a writer. No, I always I have, have problems have with titles. Title. I, I need a title, problems. right? Yeah. When I get the title, my writing picks up and I go, I go twice as fast. And I'm playing with a bunch of shit. And nowadays, I actually loved your title, um, Bloodshot, Bloodshot Eyes. I'm not Bloodshot gonna, Eyes. I would, never, I would yeah. never use that. But I yeah. said, oh, that's a great fucking idea. Uh, yeah. Good for you. But I need something. And then you got to go my days and nights with monsters, millionaires, and movie stars. That's all. I just need that that kick, yeah. you know, that one. But I haven't. I mean, I got six chapters done. All I need is a proposal, man. And then Frank will take it out. Frank loves it. I just, uh, I've been putting it off. But now with all this shit going on, I got to wrap it up and get it to him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, now's, because, a, yes, now's a good time. Uh, Memorial Day passes. You're going to wait till September. Right. Everybody right. goes out to the Hamptons and gets high. Uh, Those are the who are still survived. I don't know what we're going to do now. The world's different now. Is that still even happening? I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know what's going to happen. Don't know one day to the next. Well, yeah, I don't know, bro. We want to thank you for these oh my God. two great Anytime. episodes. And uh, you are the legend. We have a legend on our show. Yes. You're too shy. That's your problem. Yeah, no, I know. I'm going to work on that. You're too quiet. I was quiet until I heard Johnny Russo hit the town and on the airwaves. And now I feel like I can start talking. But you never found your voice. Yeah, I found my voice. No, Johnny kicked down the door. And now a guy like me can ease in, you know, third man through. So I appreciate all the time. Guys, keep kicking ass. You're the best. It's just phenomenal stuff. Keep it going. We thank you. You were a phenomenal guest. Thank you so much. Well, tell your people, go to Famous a Bitch. It's easy. You're going to love my shows. If you like Johnny, it's Johnny Light. That's all. Make sure to put it out there for everybody. Terrific. Thanks so much, Daniel. And when... Megan will tell you the dates. The, the last yeah, Wednesday, please let me know. The last Wednesday of April and the first Wednesday of May. If we're alive, hey, what do we know? What Don't do say that. Do I'll be yeah. here. All right. We'll make it a go. All right. Eternal Thanks, guys. Thank Love you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Jay. All right. You got Bye. it. Bye. Bye-bye. Here we are to the mailbag again. We love doing the mailbag. That's why we even dedicate one show a month just on the mail. Thank God we're getting a lot of mail. So as they would say... Uh, who's uh, George Burns? I think keep those cards and letters coming. Somebody used to say that. Maybe it was. That oh, was you. You just said that. I, oh yeah, I did. But I'm talking. Okay, about that was you. You were the original. Yeah. Well, we well we settled that. Right. Anyway, what do we got? <laughs> what, what do we got? All right. First is from John. John says, Gianni, did you know that the guy that killed Luca Brazzi was whacked in real life? No. That's all he said. <laughs> <laughs> Who, no. who was it? Do you know the actor who did that part, Gianni? Who was the guy who killed Luca Brazzi? Who strangled him? There were a couple of guys. That, it was in the bar at the St. Regency downstairs. Well, one guy stabbed him in the hand. Yeah, one held him. Yeah. You know, and the other guy actually strangled him. Right. 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 The, the hand was to keep him from moving. Yeah. He so was it's so probably big. the guy who strangled him. Yeah. In real life. Was you really that. don't see him, do you? Yeah, you do. He's a little skinny. You do? Guy. I don't recall. I don't know. I'm going to have to watch the movie again. Yeah. That's all. They could yeah, have. They could have furnished the guy's name so we could look them up. Yeah, that would help. Yeah. I know that was it. But okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the next one is from Rob. Rob says, "Gianni, you have been a big inspiration to me lately. You have lived such an incredible life, and though I may not be able to strive for the same kind of life, I hope to take inspiration from your confidence and determination to succeed. What is the trait that you admire most about yourself? I may try to embody that as well. Determination. Think of something. Stay focused." And do, and do it. That's all. But don't don't make your goals so high you can't achieve them because that'll destroy you. That's good advice too. All right. Next one is from Sebastian. Sebastian says, Gianni, did you ever deal with Whitey Bulger? I I liked Whitey Bulger. I met him, and then I met him while he was on the lam out in in uh, California, and he actually came to my house for a couple of Sunday dinners. And the girl I was married to at the time was very, very sophisticated, nothing to do with the mob. And she called, we were already divorced. And she called me, she said, is Uncle Whitey the guy they just found out here? Oh my gosh. <laughs> my kids met him, Luciano and Adriana, as oh, Uncle Whitey. Because he knew coming to my house, he knew me, you know. I'd send my driver to pick him up. He, he, you know, he's living in. He's living on a beach somewhere, right? No, he did, and then he moved 
in, in town, closer to Encino, where I saw him. Bunked into my street. Smartest thing the FBI ever did was quit looking for him and start looking for his girlfriend. That's right. And that's how Everything they got was in her name. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. All right, so the next one is from Scott. Scott says, I was recently re-watching Prison Break and noticed a man who looked so much like Gianni it was uncanny. Turns out it was you. What yeah. was that experience like? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because I, I talked to uh, Ronnie. Uh, I, I won't give his last name. But uh, we used to go to, they filmed that in Chicago at Juliet Prison. Now, I'm a guy, everybody read my book, I never spent a day in jail. And a guy, a young kid that I love, Brett Ratner, who produced that and wrote that, he says, you got to do this. I said, what? Let me send it to me. And he sends it to me. It's about a guy who goes to prison. He's got the map all over his body. And I'm saying, this thing is never going to work. He's do the first six episodes. So now I'm, I'm going, I'm flying on Sunday afternoon to Illinois. They're picking me up, driving me for an hour to go to this prison. Our dressing room and trailers were outside the prison world, wall, walls. And mm-hmm. they'd bring us in. They'd clean out a, you know, a courtyard. And we were in there, and even in the dining rooms, meeting you know, guests, because I was in a prison, I was vi- visiting people. But the, the whole prison was active. And I got to wow. know, I got to know the warden. So after about a month, and I was depressed because I'm going there on a Sunday night, not leaving till Friday. And if I had to work on Friday, I wouldn't leave until Saturday and come right back or not come back. And I'm saying to myself, all my life, I fought not to be in prison. <laughs> now I'm going there, my flying myself there on Sunday. <laughs> and I, I, told, I told him to write me out a show. I said, this show's going nowhere. I heard it's still on. <laughs> Really? Yeah, apparently it's done pretty well. I know yeah. a lot of people who yeah. love it. Yeah, I did the first six episodes. That's but so funny. Prison break. <laughs> All right, next one is from Andrew. Andrew says, Pat, I recently read both Bloodshot Eyes and Popline. They were great reads that I managed to finish in a matter of days. Is there anything you're currently working on that we can look forward to for the near future? I'm finishing off a uh, novel called The Crowded Hour. Uh... I'm, about, I'm in the last two chapters, and then my agent gets it. So we'll see where it goes. I did, mean, I've been working on this thing for seven years. Wow. Uh, and that's not because I write slowly, but uh, every couple of months, my agent would call me up, our agent, Frank Wyman. You got to do this book. You got to do that book. You got to do this. So I stopped. I just dropped what I was doing because when, when, when Frank summons you, he generally has something in his mind that's already pre-sold. Right. Mm, you know, that's okay. how, that, that's how uh, Johnny and I connected. Did this lady or gentleman who asked that question, has she read our book? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, well, let's, let's not take it for granted. Our yeah, book yeah, right. is yeah, Hollywood Godfather. It, uh, if you haven't read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Andrew has read it if he's been listening to the show and reading the recommended books as well. So okay. Anyway, The Crowded Hour, if they keep the same title, because publishers have a habit of changing titles, as Gianni and I know. Yeah. Really? Uh, Oh, yeah, they always change. Well, I'd say 80% of the time. I'm, I'm convinced they have one guy that works to all the publishers, just one guy. His sole job is to change titles. That's his position. I'm, I thank God he did ours, though. Oh, yeah, no. They, I you know, love our title. They always do the right thing. I never argue with them. You know, they always ask you, is, is it okay if we change the title? No, it's not. <laughs> of course it is. You know, okay. no, Hollywood Godfather, I would never even think to no. try to use it because I thought Paramount would jump all over me. That would have been the last thing I would have thought of. Right. Oh, so that wasn't what you guys had originally no. thought of. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. We had another name. No, Charles Very Spicer. Got to give him credit. Charlie yeah. Spicer called me up after so, so many meetings I had with him. I never met Pat. I met my editor more times for drinks and everything else with Frank Wyman. The right. guy became a fan. And he called me one day and he said, I think this should be his title. And he had all the notes and everything, all the stuff that Pat's been sending him. And I think, do you agree, Pat? That Absolutely. I mean, these guys know what they're doing. You know, they always ask permission. They're very polite. Yeah. You know, they'll do uh, the cover of the book. The authors, in our case, which is Thomas, right. have uh, have a yay or a nay on, on the cover. So what do we say? No. <laughs> yeah, right. We don't like that cover. Uh, uh, you know, pictures. You send them hundreds of pictures, and they pick 25 or 26 yeah. pictures. Is this okay? What do you think? Anything you want. I mean, you've been in this St. Martin's Press. has been around for 100 years. 
You know, whatever funny. you think is right. Uh, what shocked I'm, me I'm, about the not, you know, you, you can't have an ego in this business. So no, but like you said, with the photographs, and I never wrote a book before. Hmm. They came in. They had somebody come vet my, you know, my my scrapbooks and everything else. So they're, they're going to pick twenty five pictures. This out of those thousands of freaking yeah. pictures, right? Th oh thirty eight hundred pictures. How many? Thirty eight hundred. Okay. So, but what really shocked me. From being in the film business, where obviously our budget's a lot bigger, yeah. I picked out the five, the 25 film uh, pictures, and I had to pay for them to get the ownership. You believe oh, yeah, that? Copyrighted. I had to wow. do it. Though. I thought yeah. they would do it. So oh. that went. That those no, were the no. pictures for the insert in the no. book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Now, this is the publishing business. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm really not impressed. If I no, had to make this, money by print books, but if you get about to get a day job, well, well I, I think that the second time around, uh, oh, they yeah. better they, oh, yeah. they better impress us. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I have for tonight. Well, I'm glad you made up your mind. She took a beat there, and like she was looking for more stuff to say. Just <laughs> yeah. making sure you guys were all done with what you were saying. We're done. Okay. We're finished. We're washed up through. No, I'm not. Really, <laughs> Never. That, that was from another movie. Anyway, all right. thank you again. Another great show. We love all of you who are listening. Uh, now we have to include your enemies, relatives, in-laws, ex-wives, anybody. Friends that you don't like anymore. Suggest them watching this. Listening to it. <laughs> God bless you I, all. I, I think they get the message. All right. Bro. Yeah. All, all right. right. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me, and I'll be wrong. Or when it seems your friends desert you. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night.